Same Soul Productions presents The Rome Dialogue, Episode 7, St. Peter's Basilica. Our pacing and recording may not be the same as when you're actually there, so feel free to stop and pause when you need to. We won't be offended. St. Peter's Basilica is the focal point of the Vatican. We'll start outside with the general history before moving in. There was actually a St. Peter's here before the St. Peter's you see now. Two St. Peter's. The old St. Peter's was built in 318 by Constantine on the site where Peter was supposed to be buried. But after a thousand years, the old church was starting to fall apart and didn't keep up with the importance Rome had gained to Catholics during that time. So, in 1452, construction began on St. Peter's Basilica. Not only over St. Peter's burial site, but also over the actual old church. The new St. Peter's was literally built around the old church, and when it was done, the old church was disassembled and taken out the front door. Rosalini was the first architect chosen to take on this massive endeavor, and he spent almost 20 years on it before his contract expired when Pope Nicholas V died. His contract got passed on to others until Julius II became Pope and construction actually began in 1506. That's 50 years after the planning started. Let's get nerdy about the architects involved here because it's honestly just very cool. Bramante took some of Rossellini's, the one guy we just mentioned, plans and further developed them. Then Bramante dies. Five more architects take over in turn, and then they all die. Finally, in 1546, Michelangelo was placed as the chief architect. This is 38 years after he's painted the Sistine Chapel. Hey, we know that guy. Michelangelo accepted this contract under three conditions. That he not be paid, that he be given an army of workers so that he could get as much done before he died as possible, and that Bramante's original Greek cross shape with four equal arms be kept. Also, just a contextual note, this is all happening just 20 years after Rome was sacked by Charles V. Michelangelo held the post of chief architect until his own death in 1564, at which point the equal arms design was almost immediately scrapped so that it could be made even bigger. His main contribution was the dome, and it speaks to some of the most advanced construction, the likes of which have not been replicated. Three more architects come in, one after the other, until Bernini, remember Bernini, takes over in 1637. So far, we have 131 years of construction going on. Bernini's biggest contribution to this is the plaza, St. Peter's Square, which he topped with 140 of his favorite saints. What's really cool about this construction is that some of the best minds were working on this project for 160 years. The transition of knowledge became a significant source of information for architectural designs throughout the Western world. Start making your way inside the church if you haven't already. There are two large statues at the base of the stairs, Peter, who's holding keys, and Paul, who's holding a sword. There are five bronze doors at the entrance. The center door is considered the first Renaissance work in Rome and began a complete transformation of the city. It was actually made by melting down the original door of Old St. Peter's. This door is only opened on big holidays like Christmas and Easter. The far right door is called the Holy Door and is only opened every 25 years. 
except in 2016 when Pope Francis cheated because he wanted to be a really cool pope, not like a regular pope. Go through the doors and into the main church, then peel off to the left, avoiding the temptation of the Pieta to the right. Take a moment to take in the massive size. That's what he said. It's more than 200 yards from here to the other end of the building, and the stained glass dove way down on that end is wider than you are tall. The bronze canopy at the very center of the church is seven stories tall, and the whole church takes up six acres. See the lettering that runs along the top of the building? Those letters are each seven feet high. Fun fact, the lettering is every verse in the Bible where Jesus talks to Peter. The whole building has a standing capacity of 60,000 worshipers. The brilliance of the design is that despite this massive size, it's also designed to feel more intimate. For example, look at one of the pillars with the statues in it. The first statue on the pillar is 15 feet tall, while the one above it is six feet taller than that. This makes it feel like it's not as far away. And that seven-story canopy in the center, it makes the dome seem smaller by breaking up the distance. Stand on the purple circle just inside the center door so that we can geek out about the history for a minute. This purple stone that you're standing on is the same stone on the same spot where the Pope crowned Charlemagne as Holy Roman Emperor on Christmas Day in the year 800. And if that doesn't give you a sense for how important this building is, try this. Obviously, this building is expensive. So expensive, in fact, that the church started to sell indulgences to fund it. This policy annoyed a German dude named Martin Luther, who started nailing papers on doors. The construction of this building directly led to the Protestant Reformation, which directly shaped literally the rest of world history. Of course, in the face of the resulting Reformation, the Catholic Church decided to make St. Peter's even bigger because apparently even churches are, are all about big dick energy. Start walking towards the center of the church so that you can see plaques on the ground that show where the next biggest cathedrals in the world would end. It's literally a measuring contest. <laughs> Once you get to the center, look up at the dome. It's 430 feet to the top, a football field and a half. Even though he designed the dome, the painting is not by Michelangelo because he was dead before the dome was actually finished. The verse that wraps around the inside of the dome is one is is the one from Matthew where Jesus says, You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Underneath the altar in front of you is where Peter is supposed to be buried. So are Peter's bones actually there? According to the Pope, definitely maybe. The tomb was sealed during the building of Old St. Peter's in 326, but it was opened for the first time in 1940 to check out what was inside, which is pretty bold when you've spent 1,500 years claiming that there's Peter down there. There actually were bones from the first century, and there's markings inside from the second century that indicate that the Christians then thought that they were Peter's. So, definitely, maybe. The corkscrew columns that hold up the canopy are replicas of the ones in the original church. The originals were reused in the balcony over the four statues you see facing the altar. These were said to be looted by the Romans from the Temple of Herod in Jerusalem. The bronze itself was made from the bronze that was looted from the ceiling of the portico at the Pantheon. This altar is only used by the Pope on special occasions. Just north of the altar is a bronze Peter from the original church. 
He's actually wearing a Roman senator's toga, leading some to believe that the statue may have actually been of someone else and that the keys were later to make it look like Peter. This would be really funny because this is the oldest image of Peter and every other depiction of Peter is based off of this one. And it'd be great if it was just some random Roman who would have hated Christians <laughs> and now he is Peter for all the time. Circle around behind and to the right of the bronze Peter. You see a de dead guy sitting in glass for everyone to look at? This is Pope John the 23rd and he's actually pretty important. He was Pope during the 60s and made some really serious changes. Perhaps the biggest was that he allowed mass to be conducted in local languages instead of Latin. He was also a populist who changed, who changed liturgical language, that was a tough one, from <laughs> son-daughter to brother-sister. Now, go to the very end of the church. This is called the apse, and St. Peter's may have the nicest apse in the world. Yeah, he does. <laughs> this is where most masses are held. The stained glass glove, dove above the altar is representative of the Holy Spirit. Imagine you're at mass, the light shining down from that window through clouds of incense. Now imagine you're in the early 1600s, the world is just coming out of the dark ages, and you see that image along with all this grandeur around you unlike anything else in the world and a choir echoing through the massive halls. That sort of dramatic mixed media encapsulated the Baroque style and would have been powerful propaganda against Reformation. The throne of St. Peter sits above this altar. It's actually a wooden throne built for a king during the Middle Ages and later gilded by Bernini for placement here. So there's actually, n there's actually no real connection to Peter. If you want to go up the dome, you can. It takes about an hour and has some of the best views of the city, but it's also a lot of steps and we didn't write anything for that part. So if you're not going up, start walking back towards the entrance towards Michelangelo's Pieta which is on the left. Michelangelo was 24 when he made this, and it was his first major commission. This is also Michelangelo's only signed work. Supposedly he heard it being praised, but credited to an inferior sculptor, so he grabbed his chisel and signed his name on Mary's chest. A there classic tattoo, you know? So many jokes to make, and I feel like I cannot. <laughs> Jesus is life-size, but Mary is even larger. This imagery is to convey her motherhood and how powerful that is. And even though Jesus is 33, but Mary still looks like a teenager. The emotion in Mary's face is powerful and her upturned hand says, how could they have done this? There's also an energy to this piece as it feels like Jesus' body is about to slide off Mary's lap. In 1972, a crazy dude started hacking away at it with a hammer, which is now why it's behind bulletproof glass. It's since been repaired and is one of the most famous sculptors in the world. That's it from us. You're now next to the Holy Door, but it won't be opened until Christmas Eve of 2024, and they're not going to let you stay here that long. So you're going to have to find your own way out.